podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Would the Speedway season be officially back without a few rain-offs? The weather has certainly played its part over the past seven days, but even so, we've seen some great action across all three leagues of British Speedway, including some maximum scores and even a couple of track records. I'm Ian Brannan, and to look back on the recent action with me and ahead to the upcoming matches is Ipswich Witches media man and assistant TV producer Henry Chard. We'll hear from Bjarne Pedersen, who started life in the championship with an 18-point max. The bike was working good. Uh, the mechanic did a good job, so uh, make some good starts today. Today, but make it make it easy, but also pass a few times out there. So uh, all in all, a good good night, yeah. We've also got Leicester star Nick Morris. It's a track I've always liked. Um, like I said before, it's it's a track I th- I've been very close to signing here for a few times in different years. Plus, we'll also hear from Leicester manager Stuart Dixon, Scunthorpe Simon Lambert. Glasgow boss Cammy Brown, Birmingham's Lawrence Rogers and James Shanes, and Eastbourne Seagulls Jake Knight. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. We've got lots to get through. I'm Ian Brannan. I'm joined by Henry Chard, who's the media man at the Ipswich Witches and also an assistant TV producer who has experience in putting on live broadcasts of some of the TV matches in the past. And particularly when we have weeks like we've just had where we get rain-offs that affect TV meetings, the first thing that many people will ask is, why don't you divert your cameras to a different match that's happening? And of course, this week, can't do that because none of the matches occurred on the Monday. But going forward, there will be occasions where one match goes ahead and the other match is cancelled. And whilst it's frustrating, it's not quite as easy as it looks to divert your cameras just to a different location, is it? Do you want to talk us through some of the complexities of of putting on a, a TV broadcast for Speedway? Yeah, it's not as easy as um, just moving from one location to another. The, the teams will go down a day before to set up all the you know appropriate wiring, temporary studio, there'll be food ordered in to go to that location for all the staff on site. Um, so there's a lot of preparation work that goes into it. If there's a, a bit more time, you know, if there, there's a rain off announced a couple of days before, then there's the potential to, to switch venues. But um, yeah, it's not as easy as um, just moving one from one location to another for a TV meeting because there's a lot that goes into the end product that you, you see on a Monday night. And I won't pretend to even understand all the wiring that, that, <laughs> that goes into it. But um, yeah, it's such a complex you know set up that there's so much goes into it, and a lot of you know technical expertise and and a lot of checking as well it's you know if you go down to a, a new venue on the day it might you know potentially it might, you might be able to but you don't know if everything's going to work on, on the night that's why you go a day earlier and you do your testing and ahead of it so um yeah the more time you have to to set up the better Okay, so that's the reason that you don't go at the last minute because if it doesn't work, it's all going to look pretty rubbish on the telly and yeah, a lot of people are going to be quite cross. <laughs> yeah, and you want a professional uh, output. And you are the, uh, as I mentioned, you're the Ipswich media man, but uh, you do a lot of the digital media, which is really the, the main way that things are communicated these days as well. And uh, a pretty decent start for, for the Witches so far, and you must be excited for the season ahead, generally speaking. Yeah, we, we can't complain at all, really. Um, obviously, the first up at, at Kings Lynn, the, the big local derby, and a, a lot of a lot of words said before it, and we managed to to back it up with with the performance, which 
a, you know, the perfect start. Obviously, we didn't get the the four points which we we did have at throughout most of the meeting really. Um, but a three point away win with without two of your riders, I don't think anyone would complain with that. And then Bellevue last Thursday, I think they're going to be one of the favourites this season, and it proved to be a, a very tough meeting that went all the way. And again, without our full team and first meeting at home, a draw against Bellevue when at one stage it looked like we might not get anything. Um, yeah, it's been a very positive start to the season for us. Yeah, let's talk about that fixture. Ipswich 45, Bellevue 45. It was the only other Premiership fixture outside of the, the opening night to go ahead. So it's been a pretty decent week for Ipswich as far as the fixtures go and the rain-offs and stuff. Um, Anders Rowe catching the attention of many once again. He's uh, he's in for a, a busy time you know, being at reserve, but putting those points away as well. He's going to be a popular man. Yeah, especially with a uh, rod replacement on on Thursday as well. He he was out quite a lot, and um, I must admit he wasn't someone I knew a lot about before he signed for Ipswich. But speaking to him in the winter, obviously when he signed for for media interviews, he you know he sounds very professional and and well set up. And yeah, the first two meetings, I think he's exceeded everyone's expectations for a reserve at, at a Premiership level when it's you know. He's in the early stage of his career, and I don't think we're going to expect that from him every week, as Richie Hawkins said last week. But yeah, really impressive, and he looks like he's got a very bright future. And certainly, if he, he carries on the way he is, he'll be in the main body of the team soon. And it's exciting, I think, for fans everywhere to see British riders really developing. Obviously, there's been a lot of work going to the various academies that are going on to bring these riders through, and, and riders like Anders Rowe are proof that this is all working. Definitely, he's he's already been part of the the Team GB setup, and he's he's been in Poland as well. So, you know, at that age to be doing those kind of things, is, you know, it's only going to help him further down the line. As you say, there's a there's a good crop of uh, young British riders. Obviously, we've got Drew Kemp at Ipswich as well, who he'd probably say is in the same category. So, And with the, the Rise and Style programme this year, it's going to give these guys more opportunities at, at higher levels, which is only going to benefit them having more track time at, against, you know, riding against the top riders and also having riders in the team that you can lean on, like Jason Crump, Danny King. It's, it's, it's going to be great for them. Yeah, great experience. And next up, another big match, of course. They're all big matches in the Premiership with only six teams uh, in, in the league. And Sheffield, the next visitors then for Ipswich and uh, another hugely exciting team, but some changes once again. We're going to see this through the course of the season, of course, aren't we, with restrictions in the world and affecting those riders who are travelling in and out of Poland. It's, it's going to be an issue with Jack Holder being rider replacement. Yeah, it's a shame we won't get to see him at Foxhall because he's he started the season so well and he's he's very highly rated and obviously I'm sure some Ipswich fans might see it as as good news perhaps because they're because they're weakened but you know we want to see the, the best riders over here and like you say there is going to be a lot of these issues in during these times we've we've seen it ourselves with having to to replace Nikolai Clint. But there will be one or two people who will be saying, well, hang on, there should be maybe some penalties of some kind because actually Jack Holder's meeting, that he's, the reason he's in Poland is because he's riding on the Friday, Sheffield's meeting is on the Thursday, but he's unable to get flights for that meeting on the Friday, which is a rearranged meeting in Poland. So, you know, going by the letter of the law, um, that would ordinarily be um, 
you know, the sort of thing that you could expect some kind of punishment for, perhaps. But um, we're going to have to show leniency, aren't we, with with where we're in in the world at the moment and and how things are. This is not a normal year. A lot of people want to stick to the rules and understand that. But I think this year there's going to have to be a bit of leniency for for travel because, you know, otherwise if we we set a precedence with, you know, if you can't make it over here, you're you're banned for, for 28 days or withholding your services, then... We're gonna we're gonna struggle to to fill teams. So there's got to be that common sense for for riders riding abroad. And yeah, Thursday's going to be another a tough test for for us. They're a, they've put a, together a really strong team. You know, withholder. I think they're they're probably the, the favourites for this year's title. We know that speedway riders travel a lot in a regular season. It's it's something they do, competing in multiple leagues. Sometimes you know, in four different leagues uh, in the past. With what we know of the world at the moment, are you surprised that so many riders have committed to racing in in multiple countries, particularly in this country and in Poland, despite knowing what the what the problems are likely to be? Not just with the actual physical travelling, but also with the tests that you have to have and the restrictions in countries that are out of our control in in, in the United Kingdom. You know, there are so many variables. Yeah, it's 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 certainly a good commitment from them to to commit to British Speedway because, like you say, that it's the cost of testing. Um, Nikolai obviously rides in Denmark as, as well as Poland, so that was what was sort of holding him back from from riding for us this season. And as you say, it's a test on on each sort of airport on departure on arrival. Then you go back, and it's it obviously financially. I'm sure they're they're working it out each rider for themselves you know what's what's their worth um but yeah I'm, I'm it's such a difficult climate to travel in i am surprised at the moment that anyone's managing to to get it done ipswich versus sheffield then on thursday the other fixture in the premiership on thursday is uh, also in east anglia kings lynn versus wolverhampton and wolves a team that we've yet to see in action because of the various rain offs have had a lot of frustration on that but hopefully they're going to get some wheels turning on thursday what do you reckon to this then kings lynn versus wolves yeah it's um i'm sure kings lynn are probably frustrated that since they rode against us. They haven't managed to get back out on track and have that more track time and, and get themselves dialed in. And for Wolves, as you say, yet to get on tracks. So it's going to be a bit like when you know we went there. It's their first meeting of the season in Britain. So hard to hard to know what's going to happen with that because there's been so little form to go off so far. And I'm, I'm sure they'll just be pleased if it's a dry night and they can get some racing under their belts. The other upcoming fixtures then will be on Monday, which is Bank Holiday Monday. There's no TV match, but we do have a classic Bank Holiday double header with uh, Bellevue versus Peterborough taking place at the National Speedway Stadium at 12 o'clock. And then the return fixture is going to be 7.30 back at the East of England showground. Uh, Peterborough versus Bellevue, the return. And um, the other fixture that day, of course, is involving Ipswich. You're on the road to Wolverhampton and um, you're going to be the first opposition at Monmore this season yeah fingers crossed that it's a, it's a dry day on, on bank holiday Monday because we know that's a, a big day in in speedway calendars and yeah going going to Wolves that'll be their first home meeting so we'll you know we'll hope to catch them cold I guess um, and it's one of the, the short tracks one of the more similar ones to Foxall in the league um, and yeah the, the double header for, for Bellevue and Peterborough 
you know, I used to love those double headers that, you know, just double speed away in a day. And I'm yeah. sure for, for man and machine, it's it's not quite as enjoyable with the, the traveling and the, you know, getting the equipment ready. And obviously two meetings for um, riders must be hard on the body, but it's something that fans really love. And uh, I wish there was more of them uh, in Speedway still. There used to be a pretty local didn't they i mean in the old days you'd have say bellevue versus halifax and then the return leg in the evening or uh, wolves versus coventry or, or something like that bellevue versus peterborough still seems a fair old trek though yeah that um that seemed quite a, a long journey as you say we used to do ipswich kings Inns is the famous one and yeah, yeah. in the same division it's been lakeside or or peterborough um but they're not too far away but yeah um Peterborough to Bellevue is going to be a, a long day for those riders and fans involved. So it's going to be a busy bank holiday Monday, as um, Henry was mentioning there, 12 o'clock at the National Speedway Stadium for Bellevue Aces versus the Peterborough Panthers. The return back at uh, Peterborough, 7.30 for the repeat fixture with Bellevue being the away side. Wolverhampton versus Ipswich also starting at 7.30 at Monmore Green on bank holiday Monday. Let's turn our attention now to the championship because we've got lots of stuff that's been happening in the championship and lots of interviews to bring you. So we'll crack on with this. First of all, uh, let's get to Ashfield because it was... Glasgow 43, Kent 23, uh, abandoned after 11 heats this one, but um, it wasn't without incident because we had the track record broken twice in consecutive heats. Ricky Wells broke it, and then Scott Nichols took almost another second off the Ashfield track record. Now, for a rider who hasn't ridden for a year, and this being, I believe, his first competitive meeting back, it's a heck of a way to uh, to start off. But we talk about the more experienced teams, and in the Premiership we talk about people Peterborough. Obviously, they've got uh, the oldest team in the league, but there is no substitute for experience. And that goes also for Kent. They've got the oldest team in the championship. And uh, Scott Nichols there showing that age is no barrier and experience is what counts. Yeah, I think exactly what you what you said. Age is no barrier in Speedway. I won't claim that I know how to ride a bike, but, it's, you know, as a fan looking at, at riders, they seem to ride, you know, well into their 40s if they want to, or they're fit and they want to keep riding. So, I don't think that is a is going to hold anyone back, and you know Scott's shown that as you as you say, so many months off the bike and to go in and in in tricky conditions. I I read as well um, to get the track record. It, yeah, shows he, he's he's a class rider and at that level as well, he'll be one of the um, the top riders in that division. I think. Because of the ongoing restrictions in Glasgow, there were no fans in this one, so it was a behind-closed-doors job. Nigel Pearson was on commentary duty for the live stream, and he caught up with the Glasgow Tigers boss, Cammy Brown. OK, Cammy, you've had your first meeting in charge of Glasgow for nearly two years now. <laughs> Remarkable, isn't it? And um, you get yourself a win against Ken. Um, what's the verdict? How do you feel? Um, it's the first match, as, as, as we know, and it's, it was quite problematic at the start. Kent, Kent were doing well, but when the lads eventually got their, their gearing right and their, their riding styles, the track was quite difficult. Um, I thought I was quite pressed, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season now. That's the first one out of the way, and um, yeah, I'm quite happy with the whole overall result. And the track record went twice. I know it was tricky at times as the rain came down, um, but boy, this track's quick now, isn't it? Nigel, it's, it's getting quicker each year and year out. The boys of the track staff have done fantastically, even to get a meeting on tonight yeah. with the weather we've had the last few days. Um, and, you know, I'm really pleased. I think it'll get better and better. And there's a bit, probably a bit too much dirt on tonight, but we had to do that because of the weather we had. Um, but, you know, it's been, it's been really good seeing you guys as well. And, you know, hope you come back again. I've enjoyed it, yeah. And, and also, Cammy, I was really impressed by Sam Jensen. 
I thought he looked, he's got a nice riding style. Um, he's nailed this track. I think, I think you got a good one there. If Sam makes the gate, he's extremely difficult to, to pass. Gating's not his best asset at the moment, but he's working on it week in, week out. Um, I think he'll be one of the best reserves in the league. I don't think he'll be in reserve the whole season by any means. Um, so hopefully that's how it works out. And fair play to the Glasgow promotion and everybody here as well, because to be fair, you know, the infield looks neat, it's nicely cut. The stadium looks really presentable tonight for your live stream cameras, which is really good. Yeah, they've done. They've had a lot of volunteers and um, sort of little groups, uh, socially distanced, obviously, and they've worked. They've worked really hard at the stadium. They always do. And if there's any family, have turned this place around, and it's, it's, um, it's a dream to be a Glasgow. I'm a Glasgow fan yeah. as well as team manager. It's, it's a dream to be part of this club, and it, it's something I hold dearly to my heart. I'm looking forward to the championship season now. It looks a, a, a tremendous league. Uh, yourselves look strong. Um, your old rivals, Leicester, look, look strong yes. again as well. Um, I think the signing of Eric Chris at Birmingham has turned them into a, yes. a yeah. pretty good side as well. Uh, your rivals across at Edinburgh, you know, it's a really. And what about Plymouth with Crump and Pedersen? I mean, yeah. what a league you've got it's, now. It's incredible. And stick Poole into that mix as well, I think. I think Poole have got three really strong heat leaders, and they'd be difficult to beat at their own track, obviously. Uh, I, th I think there's one. In, Anyone from six or seven teams could win the league this year. Um, and the playoffs will, are going to be very interesting. It's going to be so hard to make that top four. And that's our first and our first aim to get into the top four. Because when you're in that playoff, some, anything can happen. And uh, maybe we'll get a bit of luck this year if we can make it and um, go that final, final step. Absolutely. Now, you've got wonderful fans here. I said yeah. on the live stream commentary there a few times, if, if fans were in the stadium, this place would be rocking now. Because yeah. I know what it's like. Um, where are we at with that now because you know Glasgow before this meeting travelling up here I've had the radio on and heard Glasgow remains in level 3 for the time being which means the hospitality industry is just outdoors only yeah. and no fans here at Ashfield so what are your own thoughts going forward what's the thoughts of the club in terms of when you might get fans back in here well there's another announcement on the 28th of uh, May so we'll have to wait and see what that brings um, I think I think we, we don't have a meeting next week at home, which um, probably is a blessing in disguise. Although I would much rather the boys ride week in week out. Um, I think perhaps if if not the next home match, the following one, I'd like to hope the fans get back in. And of course, you've got a big Grand Prix qualifier here. I'm I'm back for that as well on the hopefully 19th of June. Yeah, yeah. We need we need we need the best commentator and speedway back. So that yeah, obviously no. We're looking forward to that. That's that's something that's that's it's a real buzz and we'll get a big, huge crowd. The atmosphere will be great. And hopefully we get some really good racing that night. Yeah. And yeah. back the return of uh, Rasmus Jensen to Glasgow as well, which is another another thing that I'm sure will put a lot of people on the crowd. If the crowd are, are here, I'm sure they will be by that time. And um, that'll be good. Razor will enjoy that because he's quite a character, isn't he? He's, he's brilliant, he's brilliant. Um, he's a good mate now. Um, and he's, he's a very, very good speed rider. A guy who could go to a much higher level as well. I think he will do uh, if he just keeps himself you know, keeps one day at a time, one match at a time. Rasmus will get there, definitely. Great to see you, Cammy, and well done tonight. Great to see you too, thank you. Cheers. Yeah, it's certainly looking like it's going to be exciting times at Glasgow through the course of this season. Just need to get the fans back in. Well, obviously, that's out of the Glasgow Tigers' hands, but keep fingers crossed that they can get back into Ashfield because, as you'll well know, Henry, uh, having fans back in your stadium makes a huge difference to the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it just gives you that feeling of normality um i didn't attend obviously there wasn't many that went on but i didn't attend any of the ones behind closed doors um last year but i was sort of speaking to to some of the riders about it and 
when they're riding, they don't notice it, but it's it's you know, as a sportsman, you're a you're an entertainer. You want to entertain the crowd, and you want to feel that sort of buzz after you you win a race. So, um, I'm sure the riders are used to it by now, and um, you know they understand the situation. But I'm sure they can't wait to get the um, the fans back in as well, because it's that is. I know it's been said millions of times throughout the pandemic, but the fans are what sport is all about. It's um, it's quite soulless without them. So it would be great for for when Glasgow can can have them back, and they've done a lot of work up there to make the fan experience like even better than it's, than it's ever been. So um, yeah, the strip, the live streaming is great in the absence, and well done to all those involved in making that happen. But um, yeah, I'm sure they can't wait to get back in and uh, have the fans behind them. With your digital media hat on, you must be quite impressed with what Glasgow do in terms of their branding and and how they put the the, the team across via social media, the videos they make, and and all that kind of thing. That I think they are leading the way in in that kind of score, aren't they? Yeah. Um, when I got involved at Ipswich, I think it was like six or seven years ago. Now it was um, I got involved because digital media in Speedo wasn't really a thing, to be quite honest. There was a lot of clubs without. You know social accounts and, and stuff so I wanted to get involved with the club I supported and and Im- improve that to a level um, and I you know obviously try our best at Ipswich to, to try and do that but Glasgow have been the benchmark for, for teams in, in Britain I think and um, obviously they've got it's well talked about they've got some resource behind them which is it makes it that aspect of it a lot easier to do and it it, it means your your capacity to do certain things is, is far greater than if you don't have a budget for, for your media and um but yeah they are the standout the, the, their output is extremely professional and um that's that's what we all need to sort of aspire to to be like and um the digital media nowadays is so important to to attract that that younger audience that we want to get to to speedway to stadiums for the for the future and um yeah definitely uh, very impressed with what they do up there and that's off the track. And on the track, they've got a very strong-looking team, haven't they? Craig Cook leading the line for the Glasgow Tigers, but they've also signed Ricky Wells from their neighbours Edinburgh, Ulrich Ostergaard from Newcastle, Justin Sedgman's come from Sheffield, as has Brock Nickel. And, you know, it's a, it, it's a solid-looking line-up there at uh, Glasgow Tigers, and they're going to be there or thereabouts at the end, aren't they? Yeah, they always put together a, a strong team and arguably the the best rider in the division, Craig Cook, Um He's going to sort of guarantee double figures every meeting, and I know that the Sam Jensen is, is impressed on his opening meeting of the season. Um, I know he's a former under twenty one Danish champion, so he's obviously got some some pedigree. And I think yeah, they're they're always going to be up there, and it's it's always hard to to call the top you know the top playoff sides, but I think they I think they will make it. Yeah. Well, a bit of time off for the Glasgow Tigers now. They're in action a week on Friday at Ashfield in the Championship as they take on the Pool Pirates next up on the 4th of June. Next, we turn our attention to Shieldfield Park where it was Berwick versus the Birmingham Brummies and it was the Brummies that sprung a little surprise. We'll hear from Lawrence Rogers and James Shanes very soon. And we're also going to have a look at Leicester's chances as well. Of course, yet to ride in the Championship. But we're going to hear from Stuart Dixon and Nick Morris very soon on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. 
Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan, joined by Henry Chard, the Ipswich Witches media manager and an assistant TV producer as well, to have a look through the fixtures that have happened and preview the stuff that's coming up. And right now we move the spotlight to Shieldfield Park because in that corner of Northumberland at the weekend, we had uh, the match between Berwick and Birmingham. It ended Berwick 39, Birmingham Brummies 51. And Scott Nichols was back in action once again. He was guesting for the Brummies in uh, place of uh, Eric Riss who was one of the riders missing uh, Valentin Grobauer was also uh, absent and Brock Nickel took uh, his place in the lineup as well but it was all about Chris Harris Bomber was the star man, he banged in 14 plus 2 and what we were saying earlier about Scott Nichols, and obviously he was involved in this fixture too that uh, no substitute for experience at this level Yeah, he's um, we know what quality he's got. He's he's ridden at the the highest level. I know he's had some issues with with machinery when he was at Ipswich um, in 2019, but I I read that he's sorted those out and he's he's feeling like he's got some of the best equipment um, that he's had for a long time. So he'll be a a, again like like Scott Nichols at that level. He'll be one of the top riders and a great start for Birmingham to win on the road. Berwick are usually a um, a really strong side at home. I know they. They lost Jai Etheridge in, in that early in that meeting, so and they were without Cody Garcia. So, you know, I'm sure they'll be disappointed to lose at home, but not not the end of the world either. Once they get their full side out, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll be strong at home. Well, the Birmingham boss Lawrence Rogers has been speaking with Ryan Guest, and he says the meeting was the dream start for the Brummies. Absolutely, yeah. I must have been after heat two. I was pinching myself just to make sure I wasn't dreaming. We were ten two down, but the boys knuckled down. You know, we, we went six down, we threw Bomberies a tactical, then three five ones on the trot, uh, three all, a two four, another five one. Yes, we did it in style. Considering the uh, Brummies were without German duo Eric Chris and Valentin Grabauer as well, does that make the win even more impressive? Oh, very much so. And, you know, big thank yous to Scott Nichols and Brock Nichols who, who did their bit and they were all part of the team as well. They, they joined in with our team spirit. Um, I must mention the, the good partnership between James Change and Ashley Morris. They were, you know, they'd ridden together forever. They hadn't. Yeah, there's obviously been a, a bit of disruption in the build-up to the, the new season here at Perry Bar um, with everything that went on with the, the vandalism and, and damage caused at the stadium. Uh, but you, you were keen in your, in your season preview and you said uh, that you wanted to, to forget about all that. Um, and that performance certainly did that. And, and the team showed what, what you think they're capable of this year. Oh, very much so, yeah. I, I think the smile's still on my face days later you know yeah but all the trouble we had before thankfully you know we're, we're getting past it you know we've got some tremendous help from the volunteers here you know the work they've done on weekends is unbelievable i, I went off to berwick on saturday came back sunday and you know they, they'd uh, cleared a load of list uh, jobs on the list so i want to thank them as well yeah and as we said uh, high hopes for birmingham obviously finished bottom of the pile in 2019 certainly want to be at the other end of the table this time around yeah we started as we mean to go on four points on the board top of the table let's stay there Absolutely. The Brummies, top of the league. Is there more to come from the Brummies, though? Because you look down the team and say, for example, Paco Castagna only got two points plus a bonus. You'd fancy that he's going to up that average through the course of the season. And of course, they were missing a couple of key riders as as well. Are we going to be looking at a surprise package in the Brummies this season? Yeah, definitely. They they didn't have their full side out either. They were without Valentin Grobeyer and Eric Riss wasn't there either. So, you know, more to come from them when they've got their full side as well and as you say Paco really impressed in in 2019 and I'm sure it's a case as as we've said previously his first meeting in Britain 
for, for the season. So probably just bedding himself in, and he'll he'll be one. He's so professional in his his output, and he puts everything into it, his racing. So I'm sure um, I'm sure he'll be looking to improve again and get into the main body of that team this season for Birmingham. But yeah, they look a a decent sort of outsiders, a part of a, a chasing pack, I think, for that for those for those playoff spots. And um, yeah, what, this so hard to call because you, you don't know what's going to happen throughout the season with injuries and, and stuff but they're certainly certainly got a chance of getting into those playoff spots at the end of the season well someone who's back in contention for the Birmingham Brummies is James Shanes who returns to the lineup following serious injuries in 2019 in a grass track crash during the European sidecar final when he suffered uh, injuries including two fractured vertebrae a bruised lung and a bruised heart and it was a long road back to fitness. He's been speaking to Ryan Guest. Has been has been a real long road. Um, lots of blood and tears on the way, but made a full recovery. Thankfully, there's not too many ailments from it. Um, but we're recovering well, and you know, mentally and physically, we're back to where we should be. And Barrick was a, a great start to everything, and it really sort of, you know, made me fall in love with Speedway again. Yeah, we'll come on to that first meeting back on the bike uh, very shortly. Uh, you would have been in the Birmingham team had the 2020 season gone ahead. On reflection now, a year and a bit later, um, did did the break do you good? Do you think you maybe would have been coming back a bit too soon? Yeah, 100%. Um, I set myself a, a goal that was stupidly ambitious. Um, I mean, when the, the hospital said to me that I'd be lucky if I was riding with, lucky if I was running within, within a year. So, you know, I was proud of the fact that I got back on a bike six months afterwards and I rode in the European final a year later so you know when it got announced that the season was put back a couple of months it did me a load of good and the fact that it was put back you know the whole year kind of made everything a little bit easier for me got myself you know 100% ready and mentally got over everything that happened so it's definitely an advantage. <laughs> yeah, like you said, there were some uh, some tough days. I know you've said before there were some dark days along the way uh, mentally as well. Um, but like you say, to, to get everything back in order, um, to get back on a bike and like you say, uh, a Birmingham win on Saturday and a solid individual performance as well. Yeah, I mean, when Lawrence said, you know, I want to walk away with all four points, I was, you know, two guests, I think it's going to be ambitious and Berwick being a very, very unique track as well, so it's going to be ambitious. And after the first two heats being sort of 10 2 down, I thought, hey, here it goes. Brian's on the wall already. And then me and Ash jumped out together. And, you know, after a bit of a tussle in the first run of the race, the second run, you know, it was great. And me and Ash rode really well together. So it's, you know, I was a bit ambitious, a bit apprehensive being put in number three for the first meet of the year. But it seemed to pay off really well. And, you know, much as Ash is, is Ash, it's great to ride with them. Individually, how much of a relief was it to get that first one out of the way? Massive. It was big weight off my shoulders. I mean, you know, I was bricking it. it was um, you know the, the easy way of saying it on the way up there. So to get the first race out of the way and to sort of have a bit of carnage in the first corner is sort of made me realise actually I'm still who I am. I can still ride a bike. So and then to get the first, you know, not only to get the first win and then to you know get the five one and and you know the meeting kind of rolled on from that. So it was good. Yeah, um, and like you say, with uh, with the, the the rest of the season ahead of you now, uh, Birmingham have got real high hopes for this season. Um, obviously, you're now vice captain as well, but that's something that that you speaking to Lawrence feel that that can help you focus on your on your own racing. Yeah, you know, it was it was what I needed to have sort of like you know like the step back from captaincy. It was you know, there's a lot you got to do. So, you know, Lawrence gave me the choice if I wanted to do it or not. And if I could be a vice captain, sort of take some of the pressure off off that, and just concentrate on getting back to riding again, then it definitely helped. I mean, it's you know the atmosphere was brilliant in the pits. Um, you know, Ash has already given me abuse, so I've got to sort them out later. But yeah, it was great. It was good, good day really.
Well, James, it's great to have you back and uh, all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. Hope I'll speak to you soon. It's James Shanes, and he's next back in action with the Birmingham Brummies um, well, in about a week or so because they're racing against Redcar home and away in the Championship Knockout Cup on the 2nd of June and the return on the 4th of June. So we'll look ahead to that in a bit more detail on next week's episode. Next to another fixture that everybody was looking forward to, the first appearance of Plymouth, boasting triple world champion Jason Crump and ex-Grand Prix star Bjarne Pedersen. But the question was... Can they do it on a wet Sunday in Scunthorpe? The answer was, well, yes, they can, but not necessarily all of their colleagues. It finished Scunthorpe 56, Plymouth 34. And, um, well, Bjarne Pedersen really doing the business. 18-point maximum for Bjarne. We'll hear from him in a moment, but first of all, let's catch up with the Scunthorpe Scorpions captain, Simon Lambert. He's been speaking to Robin Allen. Double figures, beat Jason Crum, passed Bjarne Pedersen twice, 8.15. Best, main, best opener of, the seat of my career, I reckon, I guess. And you look at it, and it wasn't easy with the, the rain that we had before the meeting, but as people say, sometimes that bit of natural watering does the track a favour. Yeah, obviously, um, no, Rob was stressing when we got here, but, um, but yeah, obviously, you know, a bit of natural watering, like you say, and it is what it is, but... Um, all in all, solid team performance, solid team performance. All the boys are clicked. Bit of handbags are crumpy and all. It's just back to normality, really, today, you know. It's, um, it's good, mate, good. In- very enjoyable day. And look at my rides. I had Pedersen three times, crumpy twice. Yeah, all right, effectively, I dropped five points. But I only dropped two points going into 8.15, and I perhaps won't get many offers for 8.15, so I took it with both hands and... Tried something different, didn't quite work, but at the same time, you could have thrown a blanket over all four of us. So, solid day. And you've said it before, and you'll, you'll say it again, that people write you off at, at their peril. Me personally as well, and and the team, you know. It's like I just said in another interview, we got um, McDonald instead of Jake Allen. A lot of people think we'll be a walkover this year, but hopefully today we've um, we've had a good solid start and we can we can keep going and get plenty of more three points, you know. Um, Josh was, he hasn't done nothing other than press day. I've not done a lot. Thomas had probably an off night tonight, but he's you know he's still got a bit of an injury. Jordan had a couple of wins to see. Jake, I was particularly impressed with like I say Josh McDonald really. You look at that and you sort of think you, you really have got a solid team there and, and you've proved it with the points that you've all scored. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's, it is, it is really, like I say, it is what it is, but we can only beat what's put in front of us. But, you know, Crump and Pedersen are no slouches and uh, they'll be a force when the other boys find their feet, which they will, um, they'll be dominant. Now, we look ahead to next Friday, and of course, it's another challenge on home shale. Exactly, mate. I think it's Leicester next Friday in the Cup, innit? You know, they're solid from one to seven, so that there is no such thing as a as an easy meeting anymore. Um, you know, we just, we just go again, you know? We go home, wash the bikes, press the reset button, come here Friday, and... Hopefully we can do it all again. Scunthorpe Scorpions captain Simon Lambert speaking with Robin Allen. Henry Chard joins me to uh, look at this uh, fixture. And Henry, do you agree with what Simon Lambert's saying there, that perhaps they have gone under the radar, they are being written off by a few, but they're going to have a sting in the tail, those Scorpions? Yeah, I was reading things in the Speedway Star preview and a lot of people are tipping them to, to not have a good season. I certainly don't think they'll be 
you know, propping up the table. They've got a, a solid enough side to be, um, again, like Birmingham and, and Berry, probably part of that chasing pack, looking to make it into into the playoffs. Um, I think a lot of people have sort of written them off by losing Jake Allen, um, but they've still got decent riders and a lot of experienced riders at, at championship level with a, that nice mix of um, youth at the bottom end of the side. Um, and yeah, perfect start for them. Massive win over over Plymouth and all hit the ground running, it seemed. Well, the star men for the Plymouth Gladiators, perhaps unsurprisingly, were Jason Crump and Bjarna Pedersen, who between them got over half of Plymouth's 34 points. They Between the two of them, they got 26. Bjarna Pedersen got 18 of those, a perfect 18-point max. And he's been speaking with Robin Allen. Yeah, you know, it's... One want to do the best I can, to, you know, just, uh, to to go out with a with a with a great season. So um, yeah, I still feel there's a lot uh, in it in me, and uh, I'm not uh, just finished because I'm tired of it. Because I like to do something else as well in life. And they they always say sort of form is temporary and class is permanent, and you showed up. <laughs> yeah, you know, the bike was working good. Uh, mechanic did a good job, so uh, make some good starts today. Today, what make it make it easy, but also pass few times out there so uh, yeah but all all in all a good good night yeah and what are your thoughts on, on Plymouth as a club ah I think you know to to to, uh, to go from where it was for a year or two I go up to, up to now you know that's a that's a big step to just just to get a team together to uh, to, to go into this league so uh, I'm sure you know the result is not the most important this year this is just to to settle the club down you know like I say we have five young riders in in, in the team and then Jason and me so uh, it's all about you know to enjoy it uh, you know get get the, the young boys going and uh, just keep the team spirit up and it's going to be a, a good year for yourself in, in the championship because you've got a, a mix of, of different tracks too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I say, there's a lot of there will be a lot of new tracks. I'm coming to Kent and uh, I think like um, Red Car, maybe one or two other I've not been to. So, but all, all the rest, you know, I have I have raced them, but you know, it's nearly close to 20 years ago. So. Um, like I said before, uh, I'm sure it, it will be tough, and uh, it's also show here today. You know, it's not going to be easy. You need to work for for all your point. That's Bjarne Pedersen speaking with Robin Allen. Um, Henry Chard joins me. Henry, the thing we're learning from this first round of fixtures is that the experienced boys are giving the younger ones a bit of a lesson, aren't they, in the championship? Yeah, perfect start for him to win six races. You know, on the trot at, on your first meeting back for. For Plymouth is you couldn't really ask for more than that, and like we said, with other riders' ages, no barriers, and he'll be a real asset at, in the, in the championship at the top end. It's just whether they can can back him up um, throughout the rest of the team. Obviously, early days, but the decision to go top heavy with two household names is, has been a talking point because it's left uh, less points for the remaining part of the team. Do you think that the gamble is going to pay off and the experience of Jason Crump and Bjarne Pedersen is going to improve the younger lads that are in the Plymouth side? Or do you ultimately think that um, whilst it's going to bring great crowds in wherever they go because everybody wants to see them race, it's not really going to deliver the results for Plymouth uh, in the league table? Yes, they've obviously gone top-heavy with the side and they are very reliant on on those two scoring big. Um, 
like I said, there's a lot of youngsters in that team, and it's a lot of their first seasons in the UK. So it's you know it's, it's, it's a lot to ask for them to to hit the ground running straight away. It's going to take them time, and learning off Bjarni Pedersen and Jason Crump's going to be you know so invaluable for them to to get those, that knowledge from those. And I'm sure the more racing they do, that they'll improve. But yeah, I don't I don't think it's I think they're just happy to be. I've been, I've been reading things and, and listening to interviews from people at Plymouth and they're happy to be at, at this level and it's just kind of a, a settling in season. I don't think they're putting too much pressure on themselves as a club to to be successful instantly. Not to say, obviously, they're not going out to win every meeting and have playoff ambitions, but I think they're trying to trying to build something at, at Plymouth and by having those riders and, and tracking them this year, it's, it's only going to help them for the future. It must be bonkers being a Plymouth fan. I mean, you go from having no club to having a club in the National League to, before you know it, having a triple world champion and an ex-GP rider in your lineup. It's uh, quite a ride for them. Yeah, it must be very exciting to for the turnaround it's been in the in the last few years. And yeah, it's it's, it's even been exciting at Ipswich. Who, you know, it's to have Jason Crump in your side has caused a lot of you know excitement around the town to see him in action. So. Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone would have expected him to to ride at championship level either. So to, to when he went to Plymouth, it was I think it shocked even more people. But um, he's obviously keen to ride, and he, I know he just wants to enjoy his speedway. It's not like the sort of pressure cooker that when he was world champion of wanting to go out and win every race. I think he's just wants to enjoy his riding, and um, yeah, he once he gets going in the championship, um, he'll be he'll be a big point scorer as well. Tell us about the interest that signing a rider like Jason Crump brings to a club because you're involved with Ipswich, Henry, and you've got Jason Crump in your team as well, of course. And what has been the difference since announcing that signing? What's been the additional interest and and the things that it's brought to the Ipswich Witches, which probably you wouldn't have had if you hadn't have signed a rider who, like Jason Crump, is a a triple world champion, you know, one of the current all-time greats of, of recent times? When he signed, he had, I think without doubt, it's the most interview requests we've had for a rider and the first time that Poland have, have got involved with wanting interviews. And yeah, during lockdown, it was Jason Crump that they wanted interviews with. So yeah, there's certainly a more uh, more attention on us as a, as a club because we've got Jason Crump and people are following him to see how he does on his return. Um, but I'm not... From speaking to him, I don't think he's he's bothered about all the the media attention. As I said in the previous one, he just wants to enjoy his racing and and give it a go without all the the pressure on his shoulders. I think um, I think that's the impression I've got from interviewing him. That you know, for years and years, he carried all the weight of the world on his shoulders, going for world titles. I think he wants to just enjoy British racing and you know having a drink in the bar after with, with the you know the fans and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I'm glad that he's been able to to do it this season. Hopefully, and when restrictions are eased, hopefully the fans can, um, you know, come and meet him, have photos and, and things like that. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have been looking forward to seeing him back in Britain. 
Let's have a look at the other fixtures then that make up the rest of this week because we've got um, Edinburgh versus Redcar on Friday. Of course, we're heading into a bank holiday weekend and that's one in the championship. Um, and this is a, a bit of a return fixture, actually. We're talking about bank holiday double headers. It's, it's not on the same day, but uh, we've got the Friday fixture and then the return leg in the championship back at Redcar on Sunday versus Edinburgh. And um, these are two very strong teams because, again, Redcar have, have been bubbling away nicely on, on the back burner, really, in many ways. We know that Edinburgh are always fancied as being a strong team, but Redcar boasting the likes of Jordan Stewart, Jordan Jenkins, Michael Palmtoft, Charles Wright, Anders Rowe. We know what he can do. James Sargent, Jake Allen. You know, they have got a strong lineup. Yeah, from an Ipswich perspective as well, we're, we're keeping a lot of ours and them with Jordan, Anders and, and Jake in the side. And yeah, I think they look a really strong outfit from, from one to seven and I think they will be in the, the playoff spots come the end of the season. And yeah, it's going to be a, a good good couple of meetings over that bank holiday weekend um, on the Friday and Sunday against Edinburgh. Um, Edinburgh, you know, a hugely successful size um, at this level and they always put together a, a, a strong team. So two really good meetings to look forward to for, for fans over the bank holiday weekend. Yeah, it's an action-packed lineup, and uh, say two chances for those teams to meet: Edinburgh versus Redcar on Friday, the return on Sunday, and that'll be at two o'clock on the Sunday, seven thirty for the Friday. Another team who are in action finally after a few rainoffs are Leicester, and we'll hear from the Leicester team boss Stuart Dixon and one of their stars, Nick Morris, next on No Breaks, No Fear. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. I'm joined by Henry Chard, the media man from the Ipswich Witches. Let's turn our attention now to another team who widely fancied in the championship. In fact, they are indeed the reigning champions. If you ignore the fact that last year nothing occurred, it's the Leicester Lions. And uh, they have uh, a very impressive side put together once again. Will it be enough to retain their title? Well, Dave Rowe has been along to speak to Stuart Dixon to find out. It's a team you effectively put together two winters ago, uh, one change since then, and you're being tipped once again to be amongst the contenders. I've seen Speed West Star, for example, saying you'll be in the, in the playoff final again. Yeah, I, I did read that. I had, we read that the, the comments from uh, Carl the Cobra Johnson just mentioning that we could be bridesmaids this year. Um, I think the aim, all seriousness, is top four. Certainly, that, that's, I think every, every team manager will say that to you, but that, that's definitely the aim, and then see where we get. But we, we'd like to finish top. You know, that's what we're aiming for. I think we've got a team good enough to do so again, um, and that's no disrespect to other teams. Who, there's a lot of strong teams there, as I mentioned before. But, um, yeah, um, I think... We're up there with the front runners, but things can change in speedway very quickly, so we'll not, we'll not get carried away. Obviously, you have what looks like a really super strong, powerful top five. The two youngsters at the bottom can hopefully have time to develop, and those top five should help them through. Yeah, definitely. I think that I think it's been well documented. We went for a strong top five uh, to counter the balance so that the boys come out at the bottom end. I, you know, it's, these boys, as far as I'm aware, have been coming here since about eight, nine year old. So I think it's a proud day for the family and the boys to be here in the Leicester Suits Championship level speedway. That's what they've been aiming for for a long time. Um, I don't think they'll let anybody down. And um, I'm pretty sure as the journey goes on throughout the season, they'll get stronger and stronger. I have no worries about them whatsoever. 
Leicester boast a fairly strong team as well when you look down the lineup, including Ryan Douglas. They've got some experience in the form of Kyle Howarth and Ty Proctor. The young Thompson twins in the lineup as well. And a rider that was at one point fancied for potentially nudging the Speedway Grand Prix places at one point, and that's Nick Morris. He's been speaking to Dave Rowe as well. Well, we'd normally ask how your winter went, but actually it's, it's two winters now, but uh, time off the bike and time working. Yeah, exactly. Um, something different for me, something I have, I've never actually had to do, being being as I've been over here since I was 15 but um, I've enjoyed having to find a job myself and going out and living the normal life it's something I guess I'd I never knew if I could do it or how it went or what it was like to get a job but uh, I showed that it's not that hard if you want to work you'll work so um, I did that it was good um, and I'm happy to be back racing Speedway that's for sure. Absolutely and back off uh, a couple of years ago and the year before that you've had a couple of years which were injury hit not quite what you would want mm. is this like a big reset this year for everyone? Yeah exactly that um, it was good to have a year out really and just take a, take a seat back and um, rethink everything and come into it fresh and injury free and with a new mindset on it all and, and yeah just excited to get going now and yeah want to want to perform on the track. Riding here at Leicester, I know how well you went here back in their top league days, and you were people people used to use you as a guest because I knew how well you went here. Uh, so to have it as a home track, really good. Yeah, it's a track I've always liked. Um, like I said before, it's it's a track I th- I've been very close to signing here for a few times in different years. Um, and yeah, just we've got to practice today to get everything dialed in, and then um, next weekend racing. So. Yeah, we'll spin some laps today, get dialed in and then flat out all year, really. And coming here to ride for Stuart Dixon, which takes you back, I would think, 10 years, back to the very early days at Glasgow. Yeah, he um, he was the one that brought me over, really, and gave me a chance gave me a chance in England after I'd cra- just crashed at every single track I went to when I was 15 or 4, yeah, 15. Still signed me and, yeah, we get on so good and... Um, I wouldn't want to ride for anyone else. Quick word about Wolverhampton in the, uh, in the Premiership. Look really solid. They've managed to keep pretty much the team, only really Jakobs or Sol that, they, that they've lost, and everyone based in the UK. It looks really strong. Yeah, it does. Um, I think we've got strength like, throughout the team. We're not too top-heavy or anything. We're, we've just got strength throughout. So um, all going well. I think we'll be there in the end. And a long, it's a long season there's a lot of meetings got to stay injury free be there be in the playoffs at the end and hit form at the right times that's what it's about and teams make changes and stuff so just got to be there at the end and and be strong at the end there's Nick Morris who's doubling up with Wolves in the Premiership and uh, the Leicester Lions in the Championship the other fixtures in the Championship well we'll start with Leicester's next fixture they're riding against Scunthorpe on Friday in the Championship Knockout Cup um, other fixtures we've got ahead then for Championship teams Saturday Berwick versus Scunthorpe that's at Shieldfield Park starting at 7 o'clock 7.30 for Eastbourne Eagles versus the Pool Pirates Pool finally getting underway in the Championship 7 30 for that one on Saturday and uh, on Sunday that match at Redcar, the return of the Redcar Edinburgh fixture in the Championship that starts at 2 o'clock Whilst Leicester's Championship team the Lions might be yet to get their league campaign underway, the Lion Cubs 
have had some success. Last week, they kicked off their National Development League campaign 47-43, defeating the Eastbourne Seagulls. Dan Thompson, top scorer for the Cubs with 14 points. Jake Knight with a perfect maximum on his first meeting back in the sport. And Jake's been speaking with Dave Rowe. Jake Knight for your first official meeting back, 15-point max. It doesn't get much better, does it, really? No, unfortunately not, to be honest. I think it's, well, hopefully this is like more to continue, to be honest. So I've just been working so hard in the off-season and fitness-wise and stuff like that. So I feel so good. I feel the best I've ever felt on a bike at the minute. I feel confident and it's, it's more to come, really, to be honest. <laughs> Your gating was really impressive, but you have to be quick too to hold off the Thompson boys around here. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I sort of even the start of the year, I really, this year it was like I need to focus on starts. Yes, of come from the back before Eastbourne and places like that but it just makes it hard work and if you can get starts it proves tonight that you can go out and win five rides easy <laughs> Is this a chance for you this year to sort of show yourself almost if you score points like this championship team hopefully will come knocking in the future Yeah definitely I think this is this, I've sort of said this is my like last year really to show what I can do get my confidence up and if I get more like championship rides even guest meetings I'll go into it as full of confidence as what I am now and hopefully show really what I should have showed a few years ago, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and for the team, it's a good away point, especially with losing Henry Atkins, who was flying. That could have made the difference for an away win, actually. Yeah, definitely. I sort of I asked Ian and Will at the end of the meeting saying what was the score, because I, I hadn't really kept track of it all, all meeting. I'd just sort of been riding my own sort of ride, really. And um, they said, oh, we'd lost with four. And then to get a point out of it was absolutely brilliant, really. Like I said, losing Henry through that. And I think it, it's first meeting nerves for a lot of people but it goes to show that what we can do for the rest of the season. So there's no reason why we can't win away and get more points, to be honest. As Jake Knight speaking with Dave Rowe, and a fantastic start, doesn't get any better than a maximum. And um, do you think that's going to raise the attention of Jake Knight among other teams, perhaps uh, in the championship and as the season goes on and maybe one or two riders go down and replacements are, are sought in various departments? It's certainly going to get him on the radar, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's great getting 15-point maximums and doing really well in the National Development League, but I'm sure a lot of them want to, to take that into the, the next division. They don't just want to sit in the National Development League scoring well. And we've seen in, in previous years riders, Drew Kemp, one of them, Anders Rowe, from an Ipswich perspective, they do so well in the, in the National Development League. And now they're, they're making that step up to the, to the higher divisions. And it, it can be difficult, but... You know, it, it, it's it's on the riders' motivations as well. If if um if they're ambitious, they they will want to make that step up. Like Jake has said, and he wants he wants to to prove himself. Um, good luck to him. And the uh, we're talking about the Thompson twins in the championship, and they are uh, obviously involved in the in the Lion Cubs as well, and um, you know hugely important to that lineup as well. Yeah, they both scored really well as well in in that fixture. Twelve plus one for for Joe Thompson and and fourteen for Dan. So well above their their averages in that division as well, and that will give them some confidence going into the the championship campaign as well. So that was Leicester forty seven, Eastbourne forty three, and uh, the other fixture to look at from the National Development League was the one that followed uh, Berwick versus Birmingham Brummies um, the other night, and that was uh, Berwick fifty two, Bellevue thirty eight, and Leon Flint is going to dominate that league. Surely he got a fifteen point maximum, and that was after racing a full fixture against the Brummies beforehand. And certainly for those riders who are getting that track time prior, they're going to be hitting the ground running very firmly against some of the the young lads who were coming in for their first ride of the night 
Yeah, certainly no worries on a race fitness for, for Leon Flint if he's um, managing two meetings in a row and scoring a 15-point maximum in in the, the second one. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a bit similar to, to Jake Knight, I guess. He's obviously going to be one of the, the league's top riders and will be very hard to, to beat anyway. He's obviously got that ability. So, yeah, he'll be one. And Cole Bickley in, in that meeting as well, maximum as paid maximum as well. So they've got a good, strong top end. And, um, yeah, those two, another two riders that will be looking to to progress their careers again this season. And let's just talk about Benji Compton, who was the top scorer for the Bellevue Colts. A surprise pick for the Colts, but as I say, top scoring. And um, again, coming down to that experience once again, he's been out of Speedway for quite a while. And, um, you know, coming back in and, and, and showing how it's done. But um, that shouldn't really be a surprise, should it? Because he's, he's, he's got a lot of Speedway experience under his belt. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been in Speedway for a long time and, He's also been part of a, a lot of winning teams over the years at, at this level. So, you know, he knows what it takes for, for teams to be successful at this level. And um, that experience at, at this level is invaluable because obviously it's, it's so many young riders in the side. So that little touch of experience is only going to help the team makeups as well. Well, we have the return fixture of uh, that match happening in the next few days. That's going to be on Friday the 28th, Bellevue Colts versus the Berwick Bullets. And that'll be after the British Youth Championships Round 1, which is happening at the National Speedway Stadium as well for the even younger kids, I think, and the under-16s taking part in that one. Um, the other fixture to look ahead to on Saturday, we've got the Leicester Lion Cubs versus Armadale in the National Development League. And then on the Sunday, it's... Uh, Kent versus the Eastbourne Seagulls in the Development League. A nice local derby there for uh, for the bank holiday weekend. Yeah, hopefully they get a lot of fans in as well and support the, support the youngsters. And yeah, another another local one on the the south coast, I guess. Yeah, it's a busy weekend of fixtures and have a great time if you're going to any of them uh, over the coming days and hopefully Chris Lewis' prediction of summer starting on Thursday is the correct one. But to be fair, he does look like he's onto something there. Things do look like they're improving. And finally, at the weekend, I was at the Ride and Skidit experience, which is based at the Buxton Raceway for a charity fundraiser with Aidan Collins, former Speedway rider with the Glasgow Tigers and the Workington Comets and the son of the former world number two speedway rider les collins and what they were doing they were spinning a hundred donuts on a speedway bike and a flat track bike alongside his friend james woodruff to raise money for two charities and i caught up with aiden to tell us more it's in aid of the speedway riders benevolent fund um which is a you know a very good charity for professional speed riders and um you know a lot of riders have benefited from that over the years um you know, and it was mainly down to Ricky Ashworth how um, we got involved with the Spear Riders, but because we approached him and he said, "No, let's it'd be better to give give something back to what helped him." So we were like, "Yeah, brilliant idea, Ricky. Let's get on with that." And also the flat track tie-in is with um, Oliver Brindley, one of the Britain's uh, prospect racing flat track in the USA. Uh, had a crazy crash at 100 mile an hour, um, and he's he's having really. Um, he had to have a private jet flying back from America in New York and uh, he's on a long road to recovery. Uh, both Ricky and Oliver suffer brain injuries. Uh, Ricky's kind of made a hell of a recovery. Oliver's still on that road to recovery. So um, two great causes, two friends of ours as well. 
and what a better way to get in, give a bit of money back to the Speedway riders been able to fund as well. And they did it. Aidan Collins and James Woodruff did 100 donuts on a bike, jelly legs at the end, and a donut to celebrate. But £2,000 raised, meaning £1,000 going to the Speedway Ben Fund. And that's your lot for this week's No Breaks, No Fear. My thanks to Henry Chard for joining us. No worries. Thank you for having me on. And uh, thanks to you for listening as well. Don't forget, keep up to date with everything that's happening at your club online at speedwaygb.co.uk. You can also get an audio news update as well. Now, uh, if you look on the website right at the bottom, there's a little player there. You can click that and you'll get a roundup of all the main news stories from each day to keep you in the know with what's happening with your favourite Speedway club. And you can also get the same update if you've got an Amazon smart speaker. You can enable the official British Speedway news skill and listen that way as well we'll be back next tuesday with the next episode don't forget if you haven't checked out the previous episodes yet there's plenty in there it doesn't all date because you know it's a few weeks old there's still plenty for you to listen to lots of interviews over 30 different interviews i think we've done in the first six or seven weeks so lots to check out have a listen to those and we'll catch you next tuesday have a great time if you do make it to any of the meetings and fingers crossed for the weather this week the only way is up no breaks no fear is produced by nigel pearson media limited for british speedway no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network Social Podcast Network.